4: Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. Back at it on a Friday here at Longwell, 76 strong. The taps are, well, they're sparkling, quite frankly, in the sunshine. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, and we have a bunch to get to. More spring football thoughts. Rick Kaczynski going to be with us. Coach Kaz in about 20 minutes. The Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman in hour two. Aaron Sorensen. Has just an awesome story. Her uh, sit-down with Trev Alberts coming up in Hour 2. And uh, we'll get uh, the uh, the man on the mound uh, for so many Friday nights on the horn here shortly. Job at Chamberlain to talk some Nebraska baseball. Uh, we invite you down here to Longwells here in the rail yard. Ahead in Nebraska, Michigan, the first of three for the Big Red. Monster Series for Big Red Baseball they 're all big, but uh, now you 're in big ten play. can you uh, chop some wood uh, get back to five hundred uh, and uh, you know turn this season around numbers to get in 466-37-76, 466-37-76, 800-825-5865. numbers to dial up can find and follow us on Twitter at schmidt underscore radio. And at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And as always, email the show, chris at halevarsity.com. I'm I'm smiling, man. Tomorrow is uh, day one of Junior's high school baseball career. Now, uh, in years past with travel baseball, uh, his nickname has been either Junior, if he's bartending that night, it's Jeeves, uh, or it's just flat out the monkey. Uh, So there were so many stupid Facebook posts by a proud dad, Monkey on the Mound. We'll see if he finds his way uh, on the mound. But, yeah, freshman ball for Southwest gets rocking. I'm I'm excited about that. You're smiling, uh, Elijah. Uh, You and I have uh, an unspoken rule and, quite frankly, some money's exchanged hands. Anytime you're behind home plate and junior's in the batter's box, you need to punch him out. Hey, no money, no
0: money's exchanged <laughs> hands. I am, I am a, a cut and dry with that kind of stuff. No, no, for me. But I am also getting my uh, my season underway tomorrow. As I got a a doubleheader. I won't say where, and I won't say which teams are involved to keep my own uh, uh, an anonymous nature <laughs> to, when I'm out in the field. Protect yourself. Don't want any uh, any real personal jabs out there by any fans. I can handle everything else. But hmm. also got a doubleheader rocking tomorrow for uh, for me as well. So looking forward to that.
4: That'll be good. Uh, are we ready to rock with Jabba? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Husker uh, standout legend and World Series champion, uh, 12 years in the majors, Jabba Chamberlain with us. His earpiece is in. My friend Jabba, thanks for the time, man. Big weekend of baseball, bud, uh, with high school ball rocking here for you shortly. And then, of course, Nebraska, Michigan at Haymarket. How you feeling?
2: Good. We're just uh, actually just sitting in the parking lot watching a little infield, outfield right now. And, uh, just looking forward to uh, hopefully a good windy baseball game, and then hopefully Nebraska can can put some things together and then come back and have a good weekend.
4: Nobody has had to run foul uh, poles yet, have they?
2: Not yet. So uh, I, I don't go to practice, and, and Cart doesn't really tell me too much. But uh, not yet, as a, as of now.
4: Uh, at Chamberlain's with us. So set it up, man. Southwest is playing who today for varsity?
2: We have Annie. Who do we have?
4: We're playing Papillion South. Ooh. Okay. Okay.
2: So we'll see. Uh, Carter's gonna throw in relief today, so that that should be interesting.
4: Well, I mean, there's words of wisdom. And listen, dude, you you do such a great job with, with your boy. Uh, in, in all honesty, uh, just uh, I mean, listen. Uh, it's not like Carson's asking me what to throw on a three-two.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I don't. I don't have that answer either. So I get. I've never been more nervous watching him pitch. It's, it's one of those things where when I'm pitching, I can control stuff. When he's out there, you kind of want to go through the bat with him, but uh, he subconsciously watched enough baseball where he, he understands it and does a good job.
0: For your son's sake, is the wind blowing out today or is the wind blowing in?
2: Actually, the flag is down, and it's blowing out to right, I believe.
4: All right, one of the old Harry Carey games. Just watch out for those lefties. Yes, exactly. Yeah,
2: no doubt. Pitch them in, 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 in.
4: Jabba, let's uh, get your take here on, on Nebraska. Scale of 1 to 10, how big is the Michigan series?
2: Well, first of all, I think this this Friday game is going to be huge to, to set the precedent of how the boys get up to a good start, especially in Big Ten play. And, you know, obviously having Cody go out, and we've, we've seen what he's done. Obviously having KP down sucks, but being able to have Cody go out and know what he can do on a Friday night is going, uh, going to help us a lot.
4: What do you like about Cody's repertoire and, and just ap- absolute approach on the Hill uh, in the, in the times you've seen him and, and you know what he's done. I know he's just one to know this year, but he's gone from, you know, maybe a midweek guy to a, to a middle relief guy to now he's a Friday night guy.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it, like we talked about early in the season, things kind of just play themselves out. You know, injuries happen, which, which is always unfortunate, but, you know, people people come to the forefront and, and understand their role, and and some embracing, some step away from, him. and seeing what he's done before, and understanding that that now it's his position to to go out on a Friday night and and get us off on the right foot. And I, I just like he pitches the contact. You know, he's not a huge strikeout guy, but we've seen it, and just the ability to to pitch the contact and and keep the boys in the game and. and you know, his tempo is really good, too. So from, from a defensive perspective, it, it keeps the guys on their toes and, and keeps them in the game. And, and I think that just all builds. And then, then when you get to the offensive side, it's just the energy and the tempo and everything that happens within the game just continues to grow. And, and we've seen how pitching has, has been that staple for us and, and how the offense on the other side it has come along with it to, to help both aspects. So, you know, just him getting off on the right foot. Friday night's always huge to set a precedent for the week and especially open up Big Ten.
4: Java Chamberlain's with us Hail Varsity city radio we're down here at Longwell's, ahead of Nebraska Michigan baseball at of course the sweet 16 uh, 2.0 uh, and Java you uh, tell me do you remember your first Friday night start let me ask let me start there
2: uh yeah my well my first Friday night was in a non-conference against Joe Savory and in, um, in the Houston Invitational when we were playing rice and then after that it was just kind of a matchup thing and and then it, uh, Zach Cronicky was our Friday night guy, and I just kind of came in from Kearney. And like I said, things happen. And the next thing I know, I turned into the Friday night guy and never left that up for two years.
4: What was your, I guess, routine uh, ahead of those starts? How did, how did Rob get you ready? Uh, how did you get ready? How did you get comfortable in that, in that, that moment, that stage?
2: My, uh, my last class was usually about noon. So then I would go to Subway. I would either make a salad or a sandwich. I'd go home, hang out with my dad for a little bit, take about a two and a half hour nap. Get to the yard about four o'clock, pick what uniform I wanted, and then I would sit there and just hang out until BP. And then I'd just roam around in the crowd for a little bit and just the outfield and hang out, and then um, then get going. It was just kind of relaxed and. I wasn't one of those guys where I had to sit and be by myself. Like, I, I, that just wasn't me. Like, I would hang out, and it was, it was always funny because people would be hesitant to talk to me because I was starting that day, and I just was like, that's just not who I am. Like, I can't just sit there and be dormant. I mean, as soon as I get ready, I put my headphones on, but other than that, I mean, just hanging out and just talking to everybody and, and just understanding what we have to do and, and go over some stuff, and yeah, so it's just, I mean, everybody is different. You have some people. I played with A.J. Burnett. He had a uh, a Buddha head. And as soon as you walked by his locker, whatever face was facing, you know you could talk to him or not. So, you know, everybody has their quirks <laughs> and everything. So it's, it's interesting. The, the,
4: the like, Brian, Randy Johnson gave all you pitchers a bad name because if you, like, looked at the unit wrong, allegedly, it was on, on, on you know, game day for, for Randy Johnson. What was, what was Rocket like? What was he like before a game?
2: He would always, always do a big lunch, and then he was one of those people that just kind of did his own thing. You didn't really say much to him. He wouldn't, he wouldn't go out of his way to ignore you, but you kind of just stayed away from him. He was, uh, he had his routine. I mean, he'd been doing it for twenty plus years, so he he kind of had a pretty good idea what he was doing.
4: Jabba Chamberlain's with us, Hail our City Radio. I love hearing this uh, backstory, the, the the details of, of Friday night. So he was either sandwich or salad large nap what were you playing in the headphones what was your playlist
2: oh I think in in, in college it was a little different because we just had I don't even know if I could afford headphones at that point so I think it was just what was playing in the locker room but then when um, when I got to pro ball I would listen to Eminem before every every start and that, that stayed that way my whole career
4: okay Good, uh, good selection. Job at Chamberlain's with us, Job, I want to get your take here on what Griffin Everett's been doing uh, for Nebraska, and he's a senior. He's one of the leaders that called that uh, that team meeting uh, to to kind of get Nebraska right. Now Sunday was Sunday, and Will wasn't happy, nor was anybody happy with Sunday. Uh, midweek got got rained out due to to weather, obviously. Now here comes Michigan, your other kind of marquee program in the Big Ten. Uh, Griffin's been steadying, he's been calming, he's been a machine offensively. Who else do you think can step up with Griffin this weekend against Michigan? They've been known for their arms.
2: I think, I mean, obviously having him be on the plate and him being a leader, but I, I think we need to have Cam Chick step up. I mean, you know, he's had a couple homers, but and then just seeing what he's done, and I, I I think there's a lot of dudes in the aspect of just putting quality at bats together and, and extending counts and, and getting – getting them to feel the pressure and and not making us feel the pressure at the plate. And I just think there's, I mean, you've got, you got max, you know, can, can come and do some things. It's just the lineup is so talented from top to bottom where I just think it's putting quality at bats together and just, you know, not having one swing of the bat where you think you're going to change the game. I I think the lineup is too good with all those guys to, you know, to to have 10 punch out the game and, and do things like that. And I think we have the ability We just have to believe in ourselves and understand that we can.
0: Jabba Chamberlain's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Jabba, Coach Bolt said yesterday he thinks that aspect of the game is getting better with some of those experienced guys starting to work counts a little bit better, uh, making some, some better at-bats. Uh, but one thing that he says still needs to improve is the infielders, he said, defensively need to live up to what he knows they can do. And he wants to see the outfielders get a little bit rangier, uh, track down some of those balls out in the gaps that he thinks they can get to. So I want to get your take as a pitcher. What does it feel like to be on the mound, not being able to be sure if you can trust the defense behind you or not?
2: Yeah, I mean that. That's sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves, but I think that also comes down to to us making sure we have a great tempo. We throw strikes and we keep them on their toes because, you know, if if they get complacent and see us go ball four, ball eight, runners on first and second, and now we throw a strike and they just haven't been in the game. I think I think it all goes hand in hand. It all works together, and I think as a whole, if we throw more strikes and, and keep our guys in it, and we, we've seen how that how that's happened in certain games where our pitchers have done that and our defense has been great. So I just think as a whole, and, and I understand that they're going to be able to, to grow and, and understand what they need to do, but I, I think it all works together. I don't think it's just one, one aspect of the game. I think, I think they go hand in hand.
4: Jabba Chamberlain's with us. Uh, he's getting ready to watch uh, Southwest Varsity against Papio South. Uh, or Elk Corner, Papio South, one of the two, but Silver Rock baseball, and uh, he's uh, a proud papa watching his uh, his youngster go. Uh, we're talking Nebraska, Michigan. We've drifted into some MLB uh, habits and routines for starting pitchers. Jabba, we'll leave you with this, bud, and it's awesome to catch up. Uh, who's just the, the quirkiest guy, either by sight, scene, or reputation? that you crossed over with uh, when it comes to routine or just different personality, either before a big game or, or a fellow pitcher?
2: Uh, I think there's a two for two extremes. CC as a starting pitcher would literally play Nintendo and just hang out and have no worry in the world, which was <laughs> weird. And then you'd have each each hero who I played with was probably one of the coolest, most interesting teammates. And in just the aspect of how he, he changed the game and a culture and he would lint roll in front of his locker before laying a towel down to stretch out lint roll he would lint roll the carpet in front of his locker lay a towel down and he never wore the same cleats twice really he wore the same turfs all the time but he always wore a new pair of shoes so when we'd come home from a road trip they would be literally like 25 boxes of stuff for each because he never wore the same stuff twice
4: drip is forever absolutely you uh you've heard the, the crazy stories about Greg Maddox haven't you
2: oh they're Half of those I can't tell on, on, on air.
4: No, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> I know him and Jeff Blauzer probably still hate each other, but that's for you and me at another time. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Jabba, have, have a great uh, ball game tonight with your, with your son, and we'll uh, see you soon, bud. And, and how's your bracket real quick?
2: Uh, brackets busted. I had Auburn winning, but I still got two of my Final Four teams, so I still got it. As long as I don't finish last with my buddies, that's all I care about.
4: Listen, you were, were you just listening to, to Chuck too much? Did Barkley sell you on Auburn?
2: No, it was just, I, I mean, I liked him, and it was it was one of those picks where I was like, eh, I got a shot. They played well, but at the same time, it's I mean, it's such a crap shoot in, the, in this dance. It's, I mean, and that's what makes it so fun to watch for all of us, even if you're a casual fan, just the games and the upsets and everything that goes along with
4: it. Jabba, take care, brother. Thanks so much.
2: Yeah, good luck to Carson tomorrow, brother.
4: Hey, bud, appreciate you. There we go. Uh, Jabba Chamberlain with us. uh, uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, he could probably do that, too. But World Series uh, champ, uh, 12-year Major League Baseball vet, and, uh, of course, Husker uh, legend. Good stuff. Great insight on Nebraska baseball. They get ready for Michigan. We're down here at Longwell's in the rail yard ahead of Husker Baseball, and of course, uh, just in front of the Sweet 16, we'll get into some spring football. Rick Kaczynski, Mr. Kaz, next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, uh, gearing up for Nebraska-Michigan baseball here. We're down here in the rail yard inside uh, our friends here at Longwells, just across from PBA. NCAA Tournament, Sweet 16 uh, 2.0 gets going here. All uh, three Jumbotrons are lit up, and uh, we are excited to, to talk some baseball and, of course, get into some spring football. We welcome in. It's not a Tuesday. I was in Arizona, but we've moved him to a Friday. Rick Kaczynski with his uh, standout coach for Nebraska and Iowa. He joins us uh, here on Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, what's the good word here, man? How are you?
1: How you doing? Schmitty in a bar. Go figure, huh?
4: How about that? That's, uh, that's, wow. uh, not, that's not rare air
1: around Lincoln, Nebraska. That's, that's just, hey, it's just
4: hey. a rumor. It was... That's
1: just what people say, Schmidty. I, I can't confirm it, but that's, that's what people say.
4: Hey, <laughs> listen, Kaz, I have grown up, and I grew up in bars. Uh, old man, God love him, uh, played softball, so... Uh, I was either in Havelock at, between the ages of 3 and 7 after softball, or we were uh, on North 48th. And um, can I just be straight with you? This is not to, to brown knows you, but my favorite <laughs> bar experience ever, 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 in all the years going on road trips as a multi-year college student, was at your joint, and there's still a – it's probably a crooked picture on the wall – Right? Kind of like the old school where there's a picture of, of Will Ferrell. It's a little crooked above the fireplace. Picture of Kaz at linebackers in South Bend. My best, like, road trip ever was at linebackers, South Bend, Nebraska one in the overtime. Crouch did his thing. But a guy I, I still do radio with to this day, Cranack on Saturdays, we roadied there. We ended up in homage country after being linebackers too long. But, uh, <laughs> but, but that's, that's the spot, man, and, and you guys in South Bend know it well.
1: Oh, great place, man. That's an unbelievable place there. So same people still running it, still own it, still working there. <laughs> uh, but, uh yeah it's uh, it, it definitely is it, it's legendary i i've yet to see it with the lights on so uh.
4: <laughs> i bet i bet Chaz, what's uh what's shaking with you man what's the weekend look like we got a baseball theme going today you guys in a tournament anywhere you, you traveling around
1: no, this is actually. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I got a weekend, probably because of uh, you know, probably because of the the hoop tournament going on. Mm-hmm. This is this is probably the last weekend of freedom. We we uh, yeah, we're off track off in baseball, but next week we're in two different parts of the state. And I mean, honestly, Schmitty, I think from next weekend to July, other than Easter Sunday, that's the only day that we don't have uh, either track or baseball. So. Hey, better than sitting around shoving our face with happy meals and and mm. playing video games. So can't can complain. But uh, wish we get these uh, these gas prices down a little bit. But uh, what, what are you going to do, man? You know. So.
4: Well, you know, I'm. That that's a whole nother segment talking cars into going <laughs> electric, uh, or or hybrid. But uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I <laughs> I do have a question for you with basketball before we get to spring football. So Erie and Buffalo are—they're are, they're not super near each other, but you guys, both cities are in the same region. Do you Erie guys claim Leitner at all? Leitner's uh, like you know the Duke guy. Uh, the the forty the thirty for thirty was I hate Christian Leitner. Uh, two famous guys from, you know, kind of Great Lakes regions, uh, three actually Rick Kaczynski Uh, you have uh, Christian Leitner and of course, uh, you know, uh, Gronk but do you guys, as tough as you are, claim Leitner at all as kind of a a guy from your region or no? uh, You
1: know, no, 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 no not really, you know, you kind of, in that part of the country, you just kind of claim guys that are from from your hometown you know okay Freddie Bolitnikoff you know Bob Sanders uh, you know Lou Bizarro was a guy who who, who, uh, who beat Roberto Duran yeah you know, I mean you got you got uh, you got local guys um, that, that you claim so uh, Buffalo great town right on the Great Lakes Buffalo's about 80 85 miles from us easy mm-hmm. road easy ride right down uh, right down uh across I90 but you yeah, know I got to be honest with you I had no idea Leitner <laughs> was from that part of okay. part of uh, was from that part of the country but uh, got a got a got a feeling where his neighborhood didn't have a steel mill um, <laughs> near near <laughs> near his playground so I just got a I got a feeling but you know I respect the hell out of that guy you kind of you, you love to hate him Man, you love guys like that. That's how sports were growing up. You know, we've talked about it before. I mean, I, I loved Bird, hated Magic, you know. You just go you go, go down the line, loved Lampierre, loved the bad boys, uh, you know, hated, hated the Lakers, hated the Rockets. I mean, just, uh, you know, you kind of love to hate people, but obviously you have respect for a guy if, if you – you know, if a guy doesn't matter, you're not going to waste the emotion of hate and anger on a guy that's mm. not worth a dang. So, uh, you know, he was a great, uh, great hoop player, great time in college hoops. But, uh, you know, he's a Dukey, and, and you know, Duke's kind of has that uh, that arrogance, just like same reason why people don't like Notre Dame and people don't like on uh, you know, these these uh, these alumni that look look at themselves like they're aristocrats. So yeah, he's he's an easy guy to hate. But I actually remember watching that game. Uh, watching that game live. I'm I'm sure that's a lot insane. more people saw it yeah. live that now than they did then, but uh, I can I could verify that and know exactly where I was at. But uh, yeah I had a I had said a few words that I probably can't say on the air, that's for sure live. But but yeah, man. But no, that's the great thing about college football or college basketball, college sports. You know, and you have you have characters. You have such great interest in it. You know, even if you weren't a Duke fan or a Kentucky fan, or yeah, you, you, you tuned in the game because you hated that guy. Like mm-hmm. you, you wanted to see him do. You wanted to see him do bad. So I kind of do that in college football Saturdays with a few schools now. <laughs> so I tune, in, I tune in to see people go down.
4: <laughs> hey, it, it's as good a reason as Eddie. Rick Kaczynski with us. Al Varsity Radio Friday with Kaz. Kaz, want to talk Nebraska football here. And, and, you know, we were wondering about the, the health of, of a couple of kids. Well, yesterday's bombshell was uh, the news on Xavier Betts, not part of the program. Uh, a meeting at some point today between bets. he's a Bellevue West kid, high-level receiver, uh, number 15, I I, I think you know who I'm talking about, but uh, we we just aren't sure all the details, so not to to be reckless with speculation, but it kind of sounds like it's coming down to whether the kid wants to to play ball or not. Is it something that, that he really wants to continue to do? And Kaz you've been in that position a lot man where where guys you, you see the talent you see uh, what what the, the, the vehicle of, of sport can do for a kid and, and also the academic side obviously but what's that like to be in the coach's shoes to, to, to talk a kid either back into playing or just tell the kid hey if you don't want to play any ball to, to play ball anymore so be it God love you I'm still here for you how does that work on your end man
1: well, it's, it's, you're in a really, real tough spot because what, you know, what kids don't understand at that age, you know, let, let's, say, let's say Xavier's 19, 20 years old. You know, we've, we've, had, we've had the luxury of being 19, 20 years old where, you know, kids in college, they don't have the luxury of being 48 years old and having that experience. And, you know, the, the, the hind, the 2020 hindsight to look back and say, man, I, I wish I had some guidance then. And what you just try to do, you just try to explain to guys, you know, give them examples of, hey, listen, you know, we don't want you, we don't want you to look back when you're 40 years old and say, man, I, I made a gigantic mistake. Like there's nothing worse in life than, than living with regret. So what you just try to, you try to give examples, you try to talk the kid into, say, all right, let's look at the big picture, and really let's try to find what's, what's going on, right? And, and what you're trying to do, figure out a way to help this kid. Because obviously when somebody's leaving, unless they're just unhappy with the program, but when you talk about a talented person um, that has used athletics, as a vehicle in his life to reach the pinnacle um, of college football, and you're giving that up, listen, man, all right, what what's going on? First and foremost, number one, what's going on? you got to get to the truth. What is it, man? All right. And, 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 and then number two, okay, how can we help you? And we are going to help you. And then after that, it's just kind of explaining, you know, man, you, you, we don't want you to make, we don't want you to make this mistake. And but also, no matter what, whether a kid transfers or not, once he steps foot on campus, you recruited a cop. he's yours, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's yours. So you're going to do everything possible, and and just being frank, especially with the local kid, you can't you can't let a local kid walk away. Now, sometimes there's just absolutely you can do everything possible under the sun, and a kid he's he's made up he's made up his mind. Obviously, you're trying, you're behind the eight ball a little bit because you got a kid that made a decision, but long before he told you about what he was doing, right? So he's been milling on it, he's been talking about it, it's been in his head, and now here you are caught probably blindsided now you're trying to fix a problem on the run so that so that's that's always that's always tough but you know you get all like you said it you get all hands on deck um you know you you never want to see a kid you never want to see a good uh, especially a good kid leave you know um not, and I'm not and I don't mean I don't mean player wise I mean you know it doesn't matter if a kid's a starter um, or kids, you know, a third-string long snap—they're—they're they're all your guys, and you want to do what you want to do what's best for them. You know, you're not going to let you know. You try not to let anybody walk out the door. So um, you know, I'm sure on the inside, there's a lot. There's a lot more that we don't know. Obviously, um, you know, what you want to do, you get to the roommates. You try to get to the family. You know, you talk to other players that maybe, you know that a kid like that, he's going to open up to guys in the locker room. He's going to open up to his roommates maybe a little bit more than the adults. You talk to the academic people, you know, Hey, has he said anything? Did he, you know, when, when did he start acting different? Was there any personality changes? You're, you're just, you know, you're, you become an investigator and you're just trying to solve the problem. So, you know, hopefully, man, that, you know, that would, that would be a big blow, um, but but obviously, you know, the kid, in his mind, he's got to do what's best for him, um, but as you know, Schmitty, you know, what's best, what we think is best for us at age 19 and 20, you know, isn't always the best for us. You know, people who are 40, 50, 60 years old, they know what's best for us, and sometimes hearing what's best for you is is, is, is not the easiest thing to do. So. You know hopefully um, hopefully we can keep them on campus, uh, but ultimately, you know you got to figure out what what it's about and, and if it's something that that's fixable and but to have a, a talented kid like that, and not just at Nebraska, you never want to see a kid walk a, walk away from the game because you know, when you're 30, 40 years old, man gosh, you just sit back and you know and everybody, everybody has them to a, to, a, to some degree. But man, you don't want that. You don't want that to just occupy, occupy your mind and oppress you. That man, what? Look what I left on the table. Look at look at the opportunities. Look at the friends. Look at look at the academic opportunities. And, and and just when you leave, even in the transfer portal days, when you go somewhere else or you leave, your next step is always a little bit harder. Everybody thinks that the easy thing is is to walk away. Man. Let me tell you, when you restart, you go somewhere else, it's, it's, it's even more difficult. So ho- hopefully hopefully he's in, uh, in a good mental state, and hopefully there's
4: a chance to, uh, to save the guy. Kaz, I've got a hard commercial break here. Hang on the line for me. i got one more question for you. Can you do that? Can we go to the other side here? 100%, brother. Right, Be on hang, the other side. Hang on real quick. Rick Kaczynski, we're down here at Longwell's. Hail Varsity continues. We're back.
2: Fellas, so, think we could Listen to the radio. Listen. On Hail
3: Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
4: Yes! That's awesome. Down here at Longwells, ahead of Nebraska, Michigan baseball, first to three, monster series for the Big Red. Sweet 16 action, uh, Rail Yard Longwells, uh, your tournament headquarters. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, a few more minutes. Rick Kaczynski, kind enough, uh, longtime coach, Iowa, Nebraska, to hang out with us today here this first hour and uh, reschedule uh, from Tuesday to this week when I got back from Arizona. We will not mention to Kaz how many golf balls I lost, but I, I grilled, uh, well, so much uh, beef. It was incredible. Kaz, it was sunny and beautiful, and, and uh, you had a little uh, heads-up about me being in a bar on a Friday's shocking me uh, trying to get the, the 96er, the old 96er handled uh, on a Friday night. It's even more shocking, but, but it happened. I want to go back to spring football and great insight on, on Xavier Betts and just the, the situation as in trying to, try to keep a kid in, in school and in, in, involved in football. Uh, offensive line, uh, you played it. You played it at a high level, and, and you switched to play it. Uh, you went from from tight end to center. I'm interested. Nebraska is working with uh, a lot of new guys on the offensive line and some guys that have had time, but that time hasn't gone as well. But uh, there's still time for uh, for uh, a bounce back, right? How difficult is is it to cross train? spots on the offensive line and what I mean by that and you know what I mean by that going from a right tackle to a left tackle or from a guard from a left guard to a right guard intermixing to get your best five Kaz I wanted to get your take on that here the the work that that goes into it and from a comfort level what's what's the timeline likely like for Nebraska here as we approach the spring game
1: well, Schmidt, I mean, you know, you you want to get your best five out there, but you also want to get them you want to get them in the best position that they're at. You know, when when people talk, you know, right tackle, left tackle, they're they're not just a tackle. Those are individual those are individual positions. You know, a center's completely different, you know, when people say, "Oh, yeah, he's a center, he can play both guards." It's a completely different position. I know, um, you know, there was a couple snaps in a game I had to I had to go play guard Um, You know, I played tight end, you know, I mean, it's a completely different position, played fullback, completely different position, Um, even though, you know, your role is blocking and doing things like that, just the angles are different, Uh, you know, how quick the defenders on you, the type of defenders that you're blocking, all those things. So, you know, if you take a center, a really good center, that's a great athlete, and you put him at left guard, he's definitely not going to be as good at left guard. As he is at center. Um, so, you know, it comes down to uh, you want your best five on there. And in my opinion, you put your best five out there and you keep them at the positions that they're playing. You know, for me, when I was a D-line coach, I mean, we played right side and left side. You know, they're two different, they're two different positions. You know, putting your hand down a certain way, taking a step with a certain way. You know, Adrian Claiborne, he had an issue with his, with his right arm. So we always played him on his left side. Mm. Um, you know, he had a birth defect. He um, and uh, you know he didn't have as much power with his right arm as he did with his left. So we wanted to. We played him on the right side of the defensive line. So he was constantly using his heavy arm. You know, so there's you know moving a guy from position and side to side. I mean that that that, that gets tough. Uh, you know, when you look at the best offensive lines in the country, and especially as the as the Big Ten. You know, it's the five guys that have played together the most at the same position and guys who are fortunate enough to, have, to not have a lot of injuries. Um, I, you know, I, I know it was a few years back when people were talking about shuffling off lines, things like that. There's a there's a complete different rhythm. There's certain guys that I like to play next to. You know, I played next to uh, Dusty Ziegler and Ryan Leahy. Uh, I was a sophomore Dusty was a senior, and Ryan was a fifth-year guy. Man, I was a really good player next to two good players. Uh, They gave me a lot of help. I felt comfortable. Um, You know, the next year, the role changed. I had a true freshman, Mike Rosenthal, lining up next to me against Southern Cal. You know, now, now, now things change. So, you know, it's all about rhythm, too. You know, you play next to somebody that's a little bit different, that may be a step different, that, that's lined up a few inches back further, that kind of gives things away in his, in their stances. There's so many idiosyncrasies that come with it that make it tough. So what you want to do, get your best five out there, have your center, have your guards, have your tackles, get them reps there. I, I'm not a big uh, advocate of, okay, hey, let's, let's – uh, you know, let's work our center at left guard in case, you know, Joey Smith gets hurt. You know Mm -hmm. what? You know what? It's your job during spring ball and fall camp to find your second best guard. Okay. You keep, you keep your center. You got your first five, you get your best five out there. And then you get, you, you make your backups. Now, you know, it's not Alabama, it's not Clemson, it's Ohio, it's not Ohio State, and even those guys, when their first team goes down, guess what? The guy behind them, he ain't that good. He's mm-hmm. not as good. So, <laughs> you know, so sometimes I think what dilutes offensive lines is, okay, you got a certain position you got a certain position that, that gets hurt, and they might move their best player on the interior to a left tackle. Well, now you're weak at left tackle, and now you're weak at that position that you just moved a guy from. So that's that's why I think it's very critical to rep and get guys in position that they're going to play when the lights come on on Saturday.
4: Rick Kaczynski with us. A Friday with Kaz, Hail Varsity Radio. down here in the rail yard. Uh, Longwell's our location in front of the Sweet 16 matchup. Kaz is rocking a Peacock's hat. I'm, I'm betting money on. And uh, Nebraska baseball against Michigan. Kaz, will uh, get you rundown next week, brother. This was fun to get your insight and talk. And just for you, I, I may pour another. All right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> just for me, brother. Uh, all right, bro. Take care. Thanks for having me on, and uh, you know, get after. Love, uh, love, love Husker baseball, Husker wrestling. Still waiting for my wrestling T-shirt. Also, I'm working on that. Gonna, I promise you. I to way to put me I, on the blast. I, I, I got the Templeton. Where's my yeah? You know, get get, you know, get get Manning on the
4: phone. Get me some. Get I'm me some texting. Here, I'm texting Coach Manning right now. Promise you. Yeah? I can confirm. I'm I'm on the live stream. He's got uh, brother, the phone out. Thanks now. for having uh, me. On. I, I
1: really appreciate
4: it. And we'll get Kaz a Grateful Dead shirt from Babbers, and we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get a wrestling shirt from from Manning. Kaz, you take care, brother. We'll talk next week. Thanks again.
1: Thank you, brother. We'll see ya.
4: That is Rick Kaczynski here. Bill Dolman on the way. Hale Varsity continues. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down this first hour here at Longwells. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Roadshow Friday. Part of the Sweet 16. Down here at Longwells. And ahead in Nebraska, Michigan. Going to be a great ball game. Windy, but a little bit warmer. Monster, monster series. Uh, excited to see Cody Frank do his thing. And a big uh, weekend of baseball for my family and uh, so many as, uh, as high school baseball gets going. Elijah Herbal has the mustache cone, uh, comb out and uh, is ready to put that, that, that uh, mask on and call some balls and strikes. How many games you have this weekend? I only got the two. So uh, I got a, the
0: doubleheader tomorrow, got Sunday off. But then I think I'm back in action on uh, Tuesday with another doubleheader on Tuesday, if I
4: believe Okay. That. You know, we're on the road Monday. We're up at uh, Millard West. Are we now? Yeah, well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> What's this we we speak of? Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm up at Millard West. You got to be in the press box uh, for freshman ball because junior plays tomorrow. Doubleheader with, uh, with Northeast and... Uh, and uh, North Star, and, hmm. and then they they play a, a four thirty, six thirty. So we're going to pull a little football baseball Bo Jackson style, if that's okay with you. Where last fall we were doing uh, shows during the freshman football game, with uh, with Southwest, we're going to do uh, shows during the the freshman baseball. Uh, no play by play here. I'm not I'm not Euchre. Uh, I'm not Harry Doyle uh, with my baseball play by play, but I. If, if we can pull it off equipment-wise, we're going to do it, and that way I can be a present father <laughs> and not have to hand out bribes to wife and child. So uh, that's the plan. Numbers to dial up, 466-3776, 5865 can email chris at com. Uh, tears of laughter with... Uh, Kaz going top rope on me, off the top rope about being in a bar on a Friday. Uh, He ain't ain't lying, but, I mean, that that got a little personal. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Uh, Great stuff from Jabba Chamberlain breaking down Nebraska and uh, Michigan and then talking uh, some of those just hilarious quirks um, that you have. I can kind of tell one Greg Maddox story. I've got to clean it up. But uh, Greg Maddox was, you know, with the Cubs before he went to Atlanta. And the Cubs, I think, in 87 had traded for, he won the MVP on a last place team. But Andre Dawson, the Hawk, was traded for. And this is one story that was relayed to me when I was working with the Salt Dogs from a former Chicago Cub. And they had a few Cubs on their roster over the years so the the story is this uh you've got I think it was Mark Grace and Andre Dawson. well, that might have been before Grace's time, but it was it was Dawson in the hot tub because poor poor andre his knees were just murdered for years in Montreal. Part of the reason he wanted out of Montreal is so he wasn't playing on concrete, the soft grass and wrigley out in right field. Well, he gets to Chicago and uh, the way that Greg Maddox introduced himself to to the Hawk, uh, as, as Andre's in the hot tub, Maddox has got a towel around his waist. Well, the towel drops, and Mad Dog starts peeing in the hot tub. <laughs> and he says, hey, Hawk, I'm Mad Dog. Nice to meet you. Scoot over. <laughs> and Andre apparently just lost it and said this this dude's crazy and and, and they hit it off. So that's that's one uh, edited Welcome to it. It's Hour Two, at Tale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Is, uh, it's a bit windy outside, but warmer as Nebraska and Michigan set to go at Haymarket Park uh, just a shade after seven. The Peacocks are in full social media mode. Uh, there's been a lot of postings of angry. Looking peacocks uh, strutting around as they get ready for Purdue. KU tries to stay alive as the number one seed. Bill Dolman's done a lot of great things in his life uh, when it comes to calling games and and attending sporting events. But uh, Bill Dolman, thank God, has never worn blue Kentucky glasses on TV, radio, radio or now StreamYard. Bill, uh, give me a, a, a fashion rating on old Rex's glasses as I stare at him as he break down Kansas. How are you, man? Good to spend time with you.
5: You know, I thought maybe Rex's T V time had come to an end after week one. Um, I <laughs> know Pete he's a was sweet king. um <laughs> you know there are a lot of a lot of great analysts out there there are a lot of uh, great announcers out there and why they choose some of them after they, I don't, I don't get it, but that's okay. I guess I'm not, I'm not the one making the decision.
4: <laughs> Bill Dolman, Bill, we'll get to some spring football. We'll talk some baseball, but a thought here on, on the madness that's been, uh, have you enjoyed the dance here as uh, we're knocking on the elite eight?
5: You know, yeah, uh, there've been great games. I don't think that yeah, And, it's been a good tournament for the most part, but I'm kind of caught in the overshadowing of the officiating. Uh, I think there have been some really notoriously bad calls that I think when they look back on this tournament, they're going to say, man, we, we have got to get this right. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go back to the to selection Sunday. Why is it that after every selection Sunday show, they always congratulate the guy who heads up the or woman who heads up the tournament committee. Well, congratulations on a great field. Wasn't that great a field. And I know Michigan made it to yesterday, but 17 and 14, and AM's out. And I'm no big AM apologist, but congratulations on a great tournament. Congratulations on a job well done. I'm thinking that wasn't all that great. And, and I thought the, the bracketing was dissatisfying, but the officiating in this year's NCAA tournament. Every game, it seems like, has had some costly calls. I don't have a dog in the hunt, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have a bulb in the chandelier. But I I watched, like, the the Gonzaga-Arkansas game last night, and there were some egregiously bad non-calls that had a significant impact on how the game, you know, finished up. And And I will say, I thought they leaned more against Gonzaga but there have been other examples of that, and you're like, you got to get this right. And then, my God, I watched one game in the last five minutes on my DVR. Okay, I watched it on DVR, and I don't remember the game. The last five minutes took 38 minutes. Real time? Yeah. I, I, okay, I get replay is, is important, but, you know – then let's really get some bad calls overturned, all right? If you're going to use it, let's use it, not just in the last two minutes. I mean, that Arkansas-Gonzaga game last night, There, you know, the guy stepped out of bounds at a critical time. It ended up being an Arkansas three, as I recall. And instead of it being a like a three-point game, it turns into like an eight-point game or something like that. And it changed the tide and it kept the momentum and all of that. But you can't look at it until it's two minutes to go. Well... That's a, it was an egregious call, right? So I think that is really going to overshadow, you know, at some point somebody's gonna cut down the nets and I've got Saint Peter's going to the final fours I've had all along with
4: Houston and I'll let you know the
5: Iowa State miami game after it do Let me that see. One. Let me
4: see your paper. <laughs> if you um, had Saint Peter's in the final four, prove it, Pride of Fairberry.
5: You know, look, you know me. I, I don't <laughs> I don't think teams like that should be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I'm with that's, Bob Huggins.
4: That's funny. It's the okay. best
5: 64, not the best 38, and then some people who got to come to the party because
4: it's great TV for a week. Can I, can I ask you how Arizona's the, the, the national two seed? I get it, and they should be better. But Kelvin Sampson had some junkyard dogs last night. How is Arizona, as, as a, a national two seed... The the number the, the the second best team in the country. How are they in San Antonio on the road against Houston? For God's sake! Congratulations on a
5: great seating of the tournament. Right?
4: <laughs> that was a you know that was a mother I, of a road game.
5: Right and 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 I I don't I don't get it. You know and I know Kelvin Sampson's got a checkered past of all the coaches that I. I'm not going to say he's the only one, but he had, of all the coaches I observed when I was in Big 12 basketball for 15 years and doing a lot of college basketball in my 30-plus, his practices were some of the most well-run and on the court. His practices, his game, he is one of the great coaches I've ever been around, okay? I know there's stuff on the other side of it, but there's other coaches on that are uh, that are in the tournament right now. <laughs> trust, trust me, they're reading from the same gray inked rule book that Kelvin Sampson, you know, coached out, yes. right the the NCAA tournament or the NCAA manual. Theirs is written in pencil, okay. And there's coaches that are going to be on the co- on the court tonight. That somehow, some way, the process. Just continues to elude them. <laughs> so, yeah, Calvin Sampson is a great coach, and he had his team ready to play. And, and they could have beaten Arizona, whether it was in San Antonio or St. Louis or San Luis. shot San horribly. Yeah. yeah. Right. But he can coach, man. The dude can coach, and the guy can read between the lines.
0: Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Bill, let's switch gears here and go spring football. And The big news out of uh, Husker spring practices yesterday was that Xavier Betts, at the moment, not on the team, unsure if he's going to be on the team going forward. I, I just want to get your reaction. This seems like, based on your facial expression here, I'm seeing on the live stream, ESPN Lincoln Twitter and ESPN Lincoln Facebook, you can check it out. Y- you do have thoughts on this.
5: I just want to know, it, is Xavier Betts not on the team, or is Xavier not Betts not on the team at this moment, because I just want to make sure that Xavier Betts is not on the team at this time, because I, I heard that Xavier Betts is not on the team. Scott Frost must have said that, what, 40 times mm-hmm. last night? Yeah, he's not on the team, not on the team, not on the team. Okay, he's not on the team. You know who's on the team? 20 other receivers, mm. okay? There are 20 guys in Mickey Joseph's room. Can they run as fast, catch as well? Nebraska natives, all of the things that Xavier Betts fits the suit with, I don't know, but right now he's not on the team. <sighs> okay, I hope he's back. And it's my understanding that they were going to have some kind of meeting, and it's not a disciplinary thing. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on uh, with him. Uh, I'm 500 miles away, but <laughs> we have seats exploding at at uh, Mile High Stadium. That's more of a concern. <laughs> we're getting here. there. We're getting there. Hang <laughs> on. <laughs> okay, but. If, if, if Xavier Betts doesn't want to play football anymore, okay, he doesn't want to play football anymore. If he doesn't want to play football at Nebraska anymore, then he doesn't want to play football at Nebraska anymore. Is he having a personality conflict with the way Mickey Joseph coaches? Now, do we want to get rid of Mickey Joseph? Is that the deal? I mean, there are people like, oh, I don't know, Xavier Betts and Mickey Joseph. You know, you got one of the great assistants in the country, right? It may, It just might be a personality thing right now where he just doesn't want to play. But I think you have to focus on who's there and who does want to play. Omar Manning seems to be as happy right now, based on what I'm reading, as he has been in his entire collegiate career. I think that's a positive. He's gotten his life kind of turned around. He's gotten the help he's needed. And it looks like he's enjoying being a Husker. Great, let's champion that. What about the, uh, the other 20 guys? I mean, apparently – Brody Belt is the is the best receiver at Nebraska right now, so we should champion that. You know, hometown guy. You um, got some receivers coming in. Uh, Oliver Martin is in his forty third year at Nebraska after transferring <laughs> from Iowa. He got smart and got out. And, and right? Michigan
4: and Michigan. I mean, he's on his third Big Ten school. Billy D. Right, right.
5: right. So I think you got to focus on who's there, who wants to play, who wants to bust ass, who who's bought in and trust. Trust that Mickey knows what he's doing with those guys. I got to believe Scott said, Mickey, these are your guys, okay? So I will handle the press. You handle what's going on in practice. Um, and then I, I'm going to go back in time. We won quite well with Reggie Ball, Brendan Holbein, David Sizes, John Vedrel, who nobody wanted to play against, right?
4: Don't forget Corey Dixon and Abdul
5: right you Corey Dixon Abdul Riley Washington I mean not the biggest guys in the world but guys that went out and did what Ron Brown asked them to do and that was go make life miserable for those four and five star defensive backs on the other end and just wear them out because in the third quarter they're not going to want to play anymore so you find guys like that who can maybe they're great pass catchers and route runners and you've got Omar Mannings who are six-five and are just tremendous athletes right but then you go find those guys who want to go bust a guy in the mouth as much as they want to catch the football, or maybe more so the former than the latter, and you're going to win football games. I'm telling you, nobody wanted to play with John play against John Vedral in the fourth quarter. Okay, John Vedral in one block, two blocks against Washington State in 1995, almost single handedly won that game in the first quarter because he had these two crackback blocks on this outside linebacker or whatever he was, put him out of the game. I think it put John out of the game too, okay? But <laughs> he set the tone for how tough that game was going to be, right? Wing back, bam, game over, okay? You get guys who want to go bust ass, go bust jaws, and you'll win football games. If Xavier Betts wants to come back and do that kind of thing, great. If he wants to take time off from football, okay. But there are twenty other guys that want to play right now. And by the way, he is still on
4: the website's roster. Okay? Bill Dolman's with his Pride of Fairberry NBC Sports. Bill, you, you triggered uh, that that ball game, that memory in ninety-five. That was the only ball game Nebraska didn't win by three touchdowns or more, as they covered right. every game. Now I gotta ask you about That Washington State team, they were a year away from or a couple of years away from from the Ryan Leaf era and in almost beating Michigan. If you were to estimate how much money do you think Mike Price spent at 11th and M Friday before Nebraska (laughs) and, and Washington State back in 1995?
5: Well, I know they, they cut down the hours, I think, down there after after they left town, so they didn't have to be as open as long.
4: <laughs> I mean, you know? just a little foreshadowing of, of a lost <laughs> Bama opportunity and a credit card. Uh, just wondering. Sorry. I, I just thought of Mike Price, and I thought about uh, front row. That's all. So, uh, Bill Dolman's with us. Bill, let's get to baseball. Huge series for Nebraska. Huge night for Nebraska. And, uh... Still, plenty of time, but but all three phases have, have had issues: offense, defense, and and well, and uh, and pitching for Nebraska baseball. And uh, Will Bolt uh, trying to, to get it going. And quite frankly, uh, Mike Babcock has always had a great take earlier this week. Uh, it's it's kind of up to the players now to to get it right. I think the direction's been given. It's tough to to just reload, uh, even though Nebraska and, and Will Bolt have made it look easy. Uh, during their time here, uh, specifically as either an assistant or as a player. Well, Nebraska's got some new faces, new guys trying to be the man for the first time.
5: You know, it's, it's disappointing that all of the great momentum and good vibes from last year have really kind of gone up like uh, a, a pop foul with the bases loaded and you're down by three runs. And you get the big hitter at the plate, and all of a sudden, pop up, and game's over. Um, you know, maybe maybe for the long term, what's going on right now is is good because look, it was a it was a magical run last year that ended in Arkansas. and Nebraska very easily could have been in Omaha, but uh, it's disappointing that that feel good, gritty, dirty guy vibe that Nebraska had going on last year is gone. But maybe it's a lesson learned, right? And, and, and let's, let's face it, the Big Ten isn't exactly the toughest baseball conference in the country. And when you go down south and you start your season against some of the teams with hyphens in it and directional institutions, people up here may not realize how great those teams really are. I mean, Texas has found out number one in the country, and they lost to what, Texas State and somebody Horn's else. Horns down, again, baby. You know, Right. So there is some of those schools down south, like Texas A&M, Corpus Christi and Northwestern State, all are really, really good. OK, the Big Ten schedule might be a little more lenient to Nebraska than some of the teams they played in the non-conference. But they've got to get that attitude back. And it's almost as though they 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 felt as though what they did last year, that they were going to get a wear a crown uh, and it was going to be easy. And now they've got a target instead of a crown. Mm. And that team has got to get back to, you know, playing in dirty uniforms, playing hurt a little bit, and, you know, getting back to the Schulte Fieldhouse locker room, you know, mentality. Playing at Buck Belzer with a dirt pile behind the Chainley fence as opposed to, you know, the way they have been the treating and the accolades and everything. Uh, Nebraska baseball needs to get dirty again.
0: Bill bill really fast last thought 10 seconds smoke rising from uh, the skyline of downtown Denver last <laughs> night just another day in Denver right well, yeah I, I don't think people thought there was a
5: fire
4: I think they yeah. just <laughs> thought it was a day that ended in why yeah fish is in town again yeah, yeah. <laughs>
5: and then I think they realized well somebody didn't put it out yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was quite the scene. i, I, well, I Cheech is they, back. It, big, it, got yeah. to, it got to be kind of big, right? I mean, there's going to be some structural investigation going on, but uh, I'm not going to say who was in the stadium at the time.
4: So I think we're okay. I <laughs> think he's learned his lessons. Leave that. Alone. <laughs> leave that there. They let Bill, Russ cook. Yeah, Bill Dolman with us. Yeah, right. Bill, we'll catch up next week, brother. Thanks for the time. Good to spend time with you. All uh, right, go big red and uh, go St. Pete's or whoever's still in the tournament.
3: And now,
5: and now back
3: to Hale Varsity Radio.
4: Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery on the road here at Longwells. Husker Baseball gets rolling in a little bit. Deputy Editor with us now, and it's great to get caught up again with Aaron Sorensen from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. At Aaron Sorensen on twitter Aaron, what's the good word how are you doing
6: i'm good the sun is shining it might be very windy in nebraska today but i will take it if it means there's sun in warmer weather
4: you know what we'll, we'll take the 50s and uh wind is just part of our uh, our dna here isn't it with uh <laughs> you get sun you're gonna get wind that's the trade-off right <laughs>
6: And, you know, I feel like the baseball team, speaking of baseball, they probably feel differently unless the wind is carrying the ball in the right direction. If it's taking it, if it's taking it out of the park, then you're pretty happy as long as your pitchers are keeping Michigan from doing the same thing. That's really all you have to worry about.
4: Low in the zone, right? If if the wind's blowing out. I just remember growing up watching the Cubs, right? WGN was a lot of our babysitters growing up, and Harry Carey and the Cubs would be on, and it, you knew it would be a – uh, a good day or a bad day for the pitching staff, based on how the flags were blowing out of out of, out of Wrigley. So uh, let's Very. hope let's hope it gets rolling for Nebraska baseball. Hey, Aaron, just a great uh, great feature from you as you got to to catch up with Trev Alberts in the latest tale of our city magazine. Uh, the cover is incredible. It's got pure emotion from Nebraska wrestling, and, and about midway through uh, this this uh, month's issue with Hale Varsity, uh, it's titled "Packed, uh, Packed uh, Passion" with uh, Trev Albertson, Aaron. Trev's uh, such a uh, a Husker legend when you look at his playing career, and you know the task at hand has been pretty vaunting not that he can't do it or won't do it but just all the events that have kind of unfolded for trev since taking over uh no one really could have imagined just ups and downs in, in a lot of different sports and some successes in other sports when when we talked to, uh, about trev alberts um he's made tough decisions in his career before and he's come in with uh Kind of I would call it that Nebraska mindset. Uh, tell me a little bit what you gleaned from Trevin. I know you, you've spent time with him before, but when it came to this interview what what did you want to kind of knock out with him
6: yeah it was it all kind of started the day that the bowling team was featured on the Big Ten network and had the um, had their m- match in Lincoln and i he he was there for several hours and then he showed up at women's basketball later that afternoon. And then I don't remember, but I feel like he was somewhere else that day as well. He was pretty (laughs) much all over. And I, I remember just kind of like, it's striking me as yes, this is the athletics director's job to be present and to show up but to be in my opinion, really everywhere at the same time is impressive as well, especially when he, like you mentioned, has so much, going on it's not like he just stepped into a well-oiled machine he is you know dealing with um, staff check staff shakeups on different teams he's dealing with you know having to readjust contracts and buyouts for different coaches on top of uh, we now know the Memorial Stadium survey and how do you address that but there are also that NCAA investigation with football and there's budget issues there's all kinds of stuff that is just been put on his plate that you'd think that it would be really easy for him to be like, I have to get my head wrapped around all of this. I can only take on the administration stuff. I have to focus here. But what he is doing instead is putting all of his time, his eight to five hours into all of that. And then he'll look at his calendar and see, oh, there's a women's gymnastics meet over at Devaney tonight. He'll run home, grab something to eat, and then he heads back over to campus. And he absolutely loves it. Now we know that he was like this at UNO as well. He was very, he was a very frequent guest at a lot of things, but it just, he's a big, like leadership is from the top. If you are not actively showing up and showing people what you want um, there, how can you expect them to do the same? So he knows how much it means to the student athletes for him to be present. He also really enjoys that part of his job. So he is, Quite literally everywhere. Even if he doesn't necessarily have the time, he is he is showing up just about everywhere. Everywhere if he can.
4: Aaron Sorensen's with us on Hale Varsity Radio at Aaron Sorensen on Twitter. Uh, packed passion. Her story with Trev Alberts and that uh, schedule that's always full. And you know what? Trev's right on it with the the lead by example. Right? You got to set the example. You got to be seen and and i obviously heard, but uh w- when when you speak if if you're around it might carry a little bit more weight and he has been uh, a lead by example guy going back to to his playing days uh and uh, you know that jump Nebraska football made he loves competition, he loves the young people like you're talking about and and also the business sense trev has aaron that that has fascinated me. Knowing sports and knowing how to connect with coaches and athletes so key obviously, but also just the fiscal side uh, he's been uh, he's been pretty much on point for Nebraska from the get go
6: oh yeah and I mean he he joked that his family sometimes says you know is is this ever going to slow down and they're not talking about are you ever going to stop going to events they're talking about he is essentially working m- multiple full- time jobs right now because with that whole fiscal side of it, making sure that Nebraska is set up for the future in many ways, but especially financially is a, is a big deal. And we now know he is, you know, taking that in-house media network back out of house because there's better financial gains to be made when you have it out of house. But like, that's a big undertaking too. And these are things that I'm sure to a degree he was made aware of when he took the job at the same time, until you get into it, you just don't really know. But He he is one of those people that he to some people's uh, to some people they are going to roll their eyes when I say this, but he he makes decisions even if they're unpopular. Mm. And he's always big about doing what he feels is best for the student athletes and the success of the university and the athletic department as a whole. And regardless of people's personal feelings or beliefs over past decisions he's made, he has really brought that to Nebraska. He is really working hard to make sure that he is setting this university up for success.
4: Well, uh, just a great story and feature in the latest of Our City magazine, Aaron Sorensen caught up with Trev Alberts, and Trev is everywhere. That's, That's a huge get. Congrats on that and an incredible read, Aaron. What a shift over to some spring football. You're there every day. Uh, catching up after post-practice. I want to start and get your reaction, your read on on the Xavier Betts situation and, and Coach Frost's comments yesterday. Uh, any, I, I guess, uh, projection here on how this thing turns out?
6: Yeah, it's hard to say how it will turn out. We know that he, we know that Frost and Betts had a meeting scheduled for Friday. Obviously, the outcome of that meeting may not become publicly known. Uh, and maybe potentially until we hear from Frost again or who knows if something gets shared on social media we'll see um but it sounds like you know something something happened early in the week where uh Xavier decided that he didn't want to be part of the team anymore what ultimately led to that is really between him and his coaches and the team and if he you know ever wants to provide more you know information on why I'm sure people based on the reaction yesterday people are always very interested in the why but you know these are those these are those things that are very difficult and it reminds me a little bit of when Omar Manning was you know going back like there were some times where we would show up and Frost would say you know he's not practicing right now and as it turns out and Omar spoke very openly about his particular situation which. I'm not saying this is the same for Xavier. I'm just saying it's hard to know what's going on behind the scenes until they tell you directly. But in Omar's case, he was really dealing with um, his own mental health battles. And he was working with, you know, the sports psychologist team at Nebraska. And he talked to, you know, he shed some light on that when he was comfortable doing so. So when it comes to Xavier, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people projecting what they believe has led to this, but it sounds like the door is open on both sides. It's going to have to take some work and some understanding to, you know, move forward. But if this is ultimately, you know, him saying, I don't want to play football anymore, which I don't know to be true, but I'm just saying if that were to be it, that's okay too. I think, you know, this is, this is, it. it is one of those things where I'm trying to be very, um, empathetic toward the situation, not knowing a whole lot of specifics because it's hard. This whole, the whole college athletic experience is very difficult and it's not always exactly what it needs to be for every single athlete. So I think the biggest thing fans can probably take right now is the door is open. There was a conversation that was set to happen. I'm sure there will be further conversations, but ultimately whatever ends up happening, I hope it's the best for Xavier at the end of the day, because it is ultimately about the student athletes and their well-being. So hopefully whatever decision is ultimately made is in his best interest in that he is comfortable and happy with whatever direction that goes.
4: Aaron Sorensen with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, at Aaron Sorensen on Twitter. Uh, overall feel with the spring, uh, a lot of new faces, coaching staff-wise, a lot of new players as uh, we're rounding the uh, the third mile marker here before the spring game. What are some general takeaways here uh, vibe wise, you get from the team.
6: There's just a lot of excitement, but I would say, like, I, I think I think Yant is probably my best summation of uh, this spring right now. Hearing him talk about the changes that he made, the understanding that to be successful, he would have to cut out late night snacking, have to cut out all of his trips to raising canes, spend more time running, spend more time really focusing on his conditioning. Um, I mean, it, it feels there's a lot of excitement and a lot of um, players that are starting to really take their role seriously. And people can read into that however they want. Brian Applewhite said it best. He's like, I don't know personally how things were for any individual. I don't know how things were before. And so it's, it's always not wise anyway to compare and try to make sense of this or that. But the reality is dance is now making the, the changes for himself and so it's good to see that across the board we're hearing more players talk about just their overall um you know just their overall understanding of the playbook they're obviously having to make some changes per, prominently on offense but there's a lot of competition so i think that's excitement and competition there are a lot of people who are just excited about what they're working on this spring but then there's a lot of competition to be had and i mean if this isn't just a quarterback competition it is we only know that Nori Noeli is the left guard on the offensive line. We know nothing else. Who is slotting in at center? Good question. Um, but I mean, there's, there's competition at running back. There's competition at wide receiver. There's competition at defensive back. There's even competition at the holder spot. So that is the big thing this spring is there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement, but a ton of competition. Once we see that depth chart in, I guess, the end of August, I'm curious to see how far off we might be on how some of these positions slot out.
3: Chime in, four zero two four six six espn or email the show, chris at com.
4: Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Aaron Sorensen's with us. Aaron, we'll, we'll wrap with this, and I want to go back to your, your take on Yant and, you know, uh Late night snacking, man, was the best part of of college. <laughs> <laughs> it was so awesome, right? You, you get done hanging out, and then you go, you get a slice from Lazari's on O Street, and it was wonderful. But now, uh you know, fast forward to, to what Yance and he he looked all all bricked up, man, and I mean that as a compliment. Down to two thirty, and he's like, well. Uh, you know, I just usually run people over. Well, great, but, you know, and, and Applewhite's been working with him to, to try and make people miss, and we've seen some good glimpses uh, of, of Yant, and and he, the best way I'd put it is his confidence is probably at an all-time high, and I think that, that, uh, that time he had with Ron Brown was really good, but I think the connection's been very real with him and Applewhite.
6: Yeah, and I mean, I asked Applewhite just about the differences that the the physical differences, how they ultimately affect someone like Yance overall mental uh, perspective and confidence. And he was like, "Oh, you know, they go hand in hand. Uh, Now that he's seen, oh, I can run two plays in a row, and I can run a play through the end zone and then jog back and get ready to run again, and I have the uh, stamina to make it through practice without getting tired and he was like, that does wonders for an athlete's confidence overall and what they are capable of, what they're able to do as an athlete. So I think we're seeing someone like Yant really blossom as an athlete. I think he, you know, you're so right. Like we all, like you get into college and it's sort of for some, for some people just like, all of this like freedom. You can eat how you want. You can stay up as late as you want. You can do, you can quote unquote, do what you want. But when you're an athlete, that, that doesn't pan out so well. So I think for him, he had to get a little bit of that college, you know, he had to kind of work some of that out. And it sounds like he's now figuring that out. And as a result, the confidence level is coming with it. So yeah, I don't even think we're just seeing an improved Yant physically. I think it's great to just see, him smile and how much he lit up when he was talking about different things like those are those are the stuff you want to see too because this should at the end of the day be fun right like it's not yes you want the ultimate goal is winning but like you want them to have a good time while they're doing this so it seems like he's also really enjoying where he is in this process and that you would hope ultimately ends up being a positive on the field
4: He'll get a role chiseled out, and you know if, if he keeps going, uh, keeps getting encouraged, keeps finding success. Uh, Mickey Joseph was so right earlier this week as well. Your job is to win, not just be on the team. Obviously, the student athlete part's important, but uh, the impact's been really uh, impressive through spring uh, with uh, some of the new assistants and and how guys uh, from from an Omar to a Yant have taken to it, and, and even. Uh, with Nury, some of his comments as well on the offensive line. Aaron, we'll do this again. It was fun to catch up. Thanks for giving us a few minutes.
6: Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully we're talking about a, a baseball win. I know they need to get it get started on the right foot with Big Ten baseball. New season.
4: <laughs> yeah, plenty uh, plenty of time left to, to make a move in Big Ten play. But, uh, you know, you're about halfway home in the season as well. So we'll see what Bolt and the crew can do.
6: Yes. Well, thank you so much.
4: Good to spend time with Aaron Sorensen down here at Longwell's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. Sweet 16 uh, in front of us, uh, Iowa State, Miami, the Jim Walden Bowl. Hold on, that's football. Uh, (laughs) The Jim Walden Invitational uh, going on a little bit later tonight. Carolina, UCLA. Uh, We will ask Elijah Herbel uh, what shade of pink will Mick Cronin get uh by the uh, 10 minute mark in the first half are we going medium rare rare or uh well done we're asking right now oh i'm saying bef- by the 10 minute mark in the first half uh when when there's a uh, you know an over the back that's not caught we're talking blue rare we're talking okay, as, okay. as rare as you blue. can blue blue says elijah uh, great stuff today. It's been a lot of fun on the road here at Longwells. And uh, Rick Kaczynski, incredible. Uh, Job at Chamberlain, just fantastic. Uh, love talking with Bill Dolman as well. Good stuff from Erin Sorensen, her sit-down with Trev Alberts. Let's focus in on some baseball here, and specifically uh, Will Bolt. Uh, uh, spent time with the media yesterday. Will Bolt on what he said to his team about this weekend. Here he is the coach.
7: You know, we got to find a way to, to show up and be consistent. And, uh, you know, it starts with, with our preparation and, and coming out and, and, um, and doing that on the practice field. And uh, this week's been a little unique that way. Um, Monday's an off day typically. Um, and we had Monday off, and then Tuesday was a little bit of a lighter day. I mean, we had a really pretty big a uh, number of games last week, and some guys are a little nicked up. We got some guys that aren't feeling great, um, you know. And then, obviously, we had the, the practice day yesterday because of no game. So, uh, had a great practice yesterday. Energy was great, um, you know. Just again, just in baseball, there's going to be ups and downs, and um, you got to find a way to, to just show up and give your best each day, and that, that gives you a chance to be successful and consistently successful. And heads are in the right spot, and uh, we'll be ready to get after it this weekend.
4: Baseball does so much to you between the years on top of just trying to be consistent. And if you're consistent about 30% of the time, you're a Hall of Famer, right, at the dish. Uh, More from Will Bold here on uh, what he's learned. On his baseball team, about his baseball team during the non-con because now conference season's here.
7: I think we've um, we've kind of used this preseason time and the non-conference games to see um, you know how some freshmen were going to do uh, when the lights came on. And defensively, I think we've got a pretty good idea of you know um, who's going to be more reliable than others, especially in the outfield. Um, so we just need our infielders, you know, to kind of step up in general and, and play the way they're capable of playing, but. Um, yeah, I think so. I think you, you know, you see some veterans that are starting to. You know, Bryce Matthews has had a last good ten days offensively, and Cam Schick swinging about better. And I think when they, those guys, you know, Max Anderson, will, he'll he'll get going, and, and Griff's had you know Big Ten Player of the Week last week. So there's your potential top five. Garrett Angle has been pretty good, and then you're back to you've got your top five pretty well set, and then you can play matchups in the back half. So um, yeah, I do. I think that I think we've got the guys that we kind of the personnel, um, you know. And then it's just a matter of can we find a consistent leadoff hitter, you know, that can can get us off to a good start.
4: That is Will Bolt, uh, Hail Bar City Radio Roadshow down here at Longwells in Nebraska, Michigan. uh, Just a shade after seven, they get rolling. So uh, good stuff uh, from Coach Bolt. Let's sneak in one more from Will. And uh, back to that uh, between the ears topic here uh, the work that is. In progress right now on the team's mentality.
7: Baseball is such a mental game, and uh, you know, it's just again, it's a matter when you have a a, a young group of guys, it's just trying to convey the message that how important each day is. That um, you know, we're not going to be capable of playing a certain way on game day if we don't have a consistent mindset. So we're we're talking, you know, you got sports psychology, you got you got all everything that we need at our at our disposal, and we use all those things and different cues for different guys. We know how different guys learn. I mean, there's nothing that no stone stone unturned that way. So um, it'll be fun to just see us get after it, you know, in the conference uh, season. And now that we feel like we've got a a pretty good idea of what we have, um, just kind of roll with that.
4: We'll wind down a Friday road show. Don't forget, weekend edition tomorrow morning, Hale Varsity Radio with Mark Cranach, myself, Elijah Herbal uh, at 7 a.m. Uh, but uh, one final thought here next on Hail Varsity.
3: Miss us?
0: Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring
2: it in
3: for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio.
4: One final time on a Friday road show here at Longwell. Sweet 16 commences on the jumbotrons of uh, TVs. Uh, Eric Musselman right now uh, mid screen right now they're previewing Kansas tonight the lone one seed is here big shout out to our friend Scotty from Shields that came down God love him uh, avid listener dear friend and uh, he hung out and is gearing up little hockey uh, on the screen as well Crosby showing off his well he's he's a minority man no no mullet God love him. Uh, for the on the ice but we are uh, geared up for basketball at of course nebraska baseball uh, let's hear from will bolt before we say goodbye on the the michigan team that's coming in they're, they're over 500 11 and 9 but uh, they they have been struggling as well what what to expect this weekend at uh, haymark
7: They've hit some home runs and doubles. Um, they can steal bases. That's something they've always done. Um, you know, their left-hander that's going against a smart night is at really good numbers, and um, it's going to be tough. Um, and then I think after that they're trying to decide what they're going to do on Saturday and Sunday. But, um, you know, offensively they can they can score runs and bunches.
4: Elijah, we're saying 2-1. and one. That's the goal. But in the immediate future, it's got to be 1-0 tonight, man. Oh
0: yeah, it's, it's so crucial to get off on the right foot tonight. Uh, and I know it's it's you're losing your, your guy in Kyle Perry, uh, your Friday night starter. So uh, the question is 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 how much do you trust uh, Shea Shaneman and? Uh why is his name? Uh, Dawson McCarville on yep. Sunday. The, th- those are two guys that they were members of your starting rotation to start the year. I think you would want to expect at this point in the year you can get solid outings from them. So it would be huge to start tonight 1-0, and then you can deal with a, a bad performance from one of those two guys. We haven't really seen consistency from either of those two guys. But uh, even if the team on Friday night starts off 0 oh, and 1. I still think you like your odds on a Saturday and a Sunday with your normal uh, weekend starters in there. But as you said, yeah, super crucial. to Start off a series 1 and 0 gives you a little bit more flexibility to still be able to get that series
4: win come Sunday. Got to take care of the baseball and in you know four to five runs uh, is going to be a luxury uh, against the pitcher tonight. Now watch things blow up for you know a, a, a you know crooked numbers. <laughs> but uh, you're going to have to to play great defense. No free passes, all the obvious statements, but things that are easier said than done consistency-wise for Nebraska baseball. Uh, in, you know, Everett and, and Anderson can do their thing. Uh, let's see what the leadoff batter does, and uh, let's see if there's some more some more help uh, in that lineup uh, one through nine. And Go ahead. I was saying the, the big question for me to be watching tonight is which team is doing
0: a better job at working counts uh, whenever they're they're up at the plate? Uh, Because on a game like this on a Friday night, Nebraska's got some some injured uh, pieces in their their pitching rotation. So uh, whenever you have that, you're a little bit shorthanded in the bullpen. Uh, You want to be able to to use a minimum of pitchers tonight and even tomorrow to give yourself a lot of options on Sunday. So if Nebraska's doing working counts, working through Michigan uh, pitchers, it means really good
4: things for the weekend. Good stuff. Big thanks to you, Elijah. Big thanks to Bill Dolman. Big thanks to Aaron Sorensen, Rick Kaczynski, and uh, Jabba Chamberlain was our leadoff man today, talking Husker baseball and some high school ball as well. Big thanks to our friends here at Longwells, who got us tipped off for the tournament uh, opening weekend and also for the Sweet 16 yesterday and today. Back at you tomorrow morning. With Hale Varsity Radio, weekend at 7 a.m., can stream us ESPNLincoln.com. And get the podcast, Hale Varsity Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play.